to you tonight. Lord, you are indeed the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. And Father, we call unto you again tonight, O oh God, because without you, Lord, we are nothing. Without you, we would surely fall, O oh God. But you tell us in your word to cast all our cares upon you. For you care it for us, Lord. We come again tonight, Lord, to intercede on behalf of the land tonight. Father, you said if your people which are called by your name would humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, that you would hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal the land. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you in this land, O oh God, tonight, O oh Lord Jesus, and throughout. Father, many, O oh God, of your servants has been diagnosed with this coronavirus. Uh, God, many are fearful, Lord God. Many has come into contact with it, O oh God, across the land, Lord God. And we need you, Lord God, this day, Lord. We pray that each and every one would take hold of your unchanging hand and will not let go, O oh God, that, but they would cling closer to you. And their faith will grow stronger in this time of trials and troubles and situations, oh God. We look to you and not to others, oh God. Uh, we do not look to man for the solution. We look to you, oh God. Uh, we are asking you, Lord God, again to come along beside us, Lord. Uh, we hold to your unchanging hand and your word tonight, Lord God. And we believe you that you would do just as you said in your word, Lord God. And for that, we are thankful, Lord God. I'm thankful again today. Lord, that I had another opportunity to hear your word today. I'm thankful that I had another opportunity to read your word today. I am thankful, Lord God, for every encouraging word that came today. Oh, God, I am thankful again today, Lord God, for your healing touch, your delivering power, your strength, uh, your righteousness, your holiness, your purity of life. Uh, I am thankful, oh, God, that I can put my trust in you, Lord God, again today. I am thankful, Lord God, that you give wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I am thankful that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, God, I do not lean to my own understanding, but all in all my ways I acknowledge you. You tell me to commit my ways unto the Lord and my thoughts would be established. You tell me in your word, God, to rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. You say, let your moderations be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. To be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. To let my requests be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep my heart and mind through you, Jesus. And I am thankful, Lord God, that I have your word hidden in my heart, that I will not sin against thee, that I will not falter, O oh God, but that I will stand strong, O oh Lord. I pray for your people tonight, God. I pray that every one of them that are called by your name, every one of them that, that says they have been born again of the water and the spirit, O oh God, would not lean to their own understanding, O oh God, but would lean to you. They will cast their cares upon you. They will hold to your unchanging hand, Lord, because we know that all things do work together for good to them that love you, to them which are called according to your purpose. And we thank you tonight, Lord God. We bless your name. We glorify your name. And we exalt your wonderful name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. The psalmist said in Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. 
and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech, and night unto night they show knowledge. There is no speech nor language uh, where their voices is not heard. Uh, their line is gone out through all the earth in their words unto the ends of the world. And in them have he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the ends of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant been warned, and in keeping of them there is a great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let the words of my mouth, let me speak words, amen, that will be acceptable to the Lord. Let me say things that's going to edify and vivify and build up and enlighten and bring to knowledge the understanding of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, tonight, Jesus. I thank you for your spirit I feel in this place. I thank you for your touch right now, God. I thank you for your delivering power, oh God. I, I plead your blood over this service tonight. I call upon the name that's above every name, the Holy One of Israel, the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. I call to you, Jesus, again tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. More to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey. And the honeycomb. 
More to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever, the judgments of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. More to be desired are they than gold. Much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The statues of the Lord arrive, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure. And lighting the eyes, more to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The fear of the Lord is clean, and doing forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. God, I thank you for your word tonight. God, I am thankful, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy, O oh Lord. I'm thankful, God, for the truth of your word, God. I am thankful that your laws convert, O oh God. I am thankful for your commandments tonight, O oh God. I'm thankful for the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord God. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name. Forevermore. Jesus, I thank you, Lord. You are great, God. And you do us wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And I will walk in thy truth, Father. I will unite my heart to fear thy name, O God. For you alone are God. You alone are God, and there is none else. You alone are God, and there is none that can help us, Lord, like you can. We turn to you, we look to you, and we need you tonight, Lord. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, amen. We want to get right into our Bible study again tonight. we got a new lesson starting tonight, amen. Now, last month we was talking all about this new walk and how we should live and how we should conduct ourselves, uh, Amen. In this walk. Amen. And we know that our theme scripture last month was Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. Everything that we do in the church should bring more knowledge of Jesus Christ into our lives. Amen. We should be overflowing with the knowledge of God and who he is first and foremost because everything flows from that knowledge of that understanding of who God is. When Jesus came in the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who did they say I, the son of man, am? Some says you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah, one of the old prophets. But he said unto them, who do you say that I am? Amen. And Simon Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon, for Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not. The revelation of truth. Amen. And that's what we've got to have in us is the knowledge of Christ. 
But we are called to go on to perfection. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 5 that the time that we are to be teachers, we have need that others teach us, which has become the first principles of the oracles of God. And in the sixth chapter, he starts in verse 1, said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or faith towards God and baptism. He says, we're going to do those things anyhow. That's a given. That's part of your life. You know, when you came in the church, Acts 2.38 was placed in your heart. You repented of your sins. You was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you was filled with the Holy Ghost. And you was instructed to live a holy and godly and separated life and to go forth. Amen. So that's going that's, that's a given. You know, when I was in the army, they told me, when I first went in the army, they taught me basic things. They taught me how to shoot a rifle. They taught me how to stand at attention. They taught me how to salute. They taught me how to stand at parade rest. They taught me how to respect authority. They taught me all these things, first aid. And, you know, they taught me all this stuff, how to protect myself, how to dress, all these things. They taught me. And then when I left basic training after eight weeks, they says, don't ever forget it. And today I have not forgotten it. When I became an NCO and I used to have to march troops, when I became a drill instructor, they were things I taught. You know, I could probably go put on a Smokey the Bear hat right now and still train soldiers. Because it, it, it was taught to don't ever forget these things. There's the basic things that you will never forget as a soldier, you know. And so it's the same way in the church. When we come into the church, the basic principles of the doctrines of Christ Acts 2.38, John 3, 3-5, you know, John 3.16, Hebrews 12.14, you know, all these basic scriptures, you know, 1 Peter 1.16, be ye holy for I am, all the basic stuff, you're never supposed to forget that. You know, when I used to be, was missionaries in Okinawa, you know, every time I'd baptize somebody in the East China Sea, that was the biggest baptistry in the whole world. And every time I'd take somebody out in the middle of that ocean, I would say to them, look, all you see is water. This is the biggest baptistry in the whole world. And I says, I'm baptizing you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And don't you ever forget it as long as you live. Anybody ask you if you've ever been baptized, this day will re- you will remember that you got it done in the largest baptistry in the whole world. You know, according to the book. Amen. And don't ever forget it. Amen. And that's the things we've got to realize. We can't forget this. Amen. So we have to learn how to live. We've learned how to walk. If there's ever been a time now that we need to learn how to live and how to walk is right now. And this pandemic, we have got to learn how to walk and live through this thing. We cannot allow this thing to cause us to be tormented, to be fearful, Amen. We've got to live. We've got to be wise. If wisdom is ever going to be in your heart, it's got to be now. You've got to bring wisdom out, amen, so that you know how to live and how to conduct yourself in this environment. Amen. You've got to be safe. You've got to be smart. Amen. All those things has got to be done. If not, you can destroy your own self. One of the worst kind of destructions is self-destruction. You destroy your own self. Amen. So you have to be wise and 
not fools. Amen. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. So we're going to move on. Amen. And this month we're going to be talking about able to handle afflictions. Able to handle afflictions. Proverbs chapter number 24, verse 10. Solomon says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. In other words, if you give up, if you quit, if you throw in the towel when you're being suppressed and hard times are coming against you, then your strength in Jesus Christ is very small. You have to get to the point the way you realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have to get to the point that God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's as close as the mention of his name. Everything that's in God's word for you, every promise in the book is mine, every verse, every chapter, every line. Amen. You've got to get a hold of it, and you've got to hold to it and not let it go. Amen. You should not be taken by surprise. Amen. We need to be ready. Throughout Scripture, we are warned that adverse and unfavorable conditions, calamity, and misfortunes will come. Therefore, it is of utmost important that we prepare ourselves in advance. Solomon says that if we faint in a day of adversity, if we cease serving God, leave the race, give way to, to discouragement and despair in the day of adversity or times of trial and temptation, then our strength is small. How can we then that are filled with this spirit stand when these things happen? Prepare, plan, and prepare in advance. You've got to prepare in advance. Like I was saying, the army taught me from the first step, no soldier goes straight to war. He goes to basic training. He has to learn. And those things he learns is to prepare him for war. We're in a war. This is war. Amen. Isaiah 5, 5, I mean 9, 5 says, Every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. Amen. We're in a battle here, and so therefore we got to prepare. We need to have training. We need to be in this thing. We've got to get some followership training going where we're following Christ. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So we have to prepare. We know it's coming. So, therefore, we need to be ready in advance. This is why Paul tell you in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high place. Amen. Wherefore, amen, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. These are evil days, brothers and sisters. You've got to learn how to withstand in the evil day. And having done all you can do to stand, stand. Stand, therefore. Having your lords girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shill of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. You've got to be armed. You've got to prepare yourself. You've got to get the Word of God in you like never before. Because if anything is going to be shaken, it's going to be shaken in this time's of these evil days. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3, he said, This know also in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minders, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such are they which creep in the house and lead captive silly women's later with sin, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. We have to prepare ourselves if we're going to be able to deal with the afflictions. We already been told they're coming. That's why Peter tells you in First Peter chapter four, verse twelve. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. He says, but rejoice and that you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you because the spirit and the glory of God rest upon you. So he's already told us they're going to come. Situations, trials, things are going to happen. It's going to come. So we must be smart now and prepare ourselves. If we don't prepare, they'll take you out every time. Amen. Every trial will come, will take you out if you are not prepared and ready for it. James tells us in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation." Knowing this, that it is the trying of your faith that worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and embraceth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. Amen. For he that wavereth is like the waves of a sea, tossed it with the wind. Amen. Let not that man think he can get anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We have to make up our mind. We have to get your mind stayed on Christ. Amen. That's why Isaiah says in 26, 3 and 4, He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Him because you trust in Him. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is an ever-saving what? Strength. Amen. So if you trust in God and you hold in to God and you don't let go, he's a strength for you. Amen. And you're not going to faint. Amen. That's why Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Amen. You don't want to give up. You know, you never know how close you are to the golden gates. So we want to prepare ourselves and be ready. No man knows his more strength until he comes face to face with the trial. Amen. The man, uh, the chain that holds the vessel to the dark 
is only as strong as the weakest link. And if that one give way, the vessel is loosed from the morning as surely as it, if, as if every link was broken. So our human character is only as strong as its weakest point. And if a severe strain is brought to bear upon it, we will break down. In times of adversity, every virtue and excellency that we possess will be subject to a severe test. And if only one of them is found unequal to the trial, the whole character suffers, and we are in danger of losing our hold upon God and so drifting from the right course. One may have a high opinion of their own physical strength and feel as though they are well able to cope or deal with any foe who might attack them. But it is not until they are in the grip of their enemy that they come to know how much or how little they are able to do and to bear. If they find themselves on the ground stunned and bleeding, they rise from the struggle with a low estimate of their own muscular strength than they had before, and for the rest of their lives they may live as having less confidence and their own spiritual strength. Amen. So, see, you need to prepare. You need to go through some things in your life in advance and not try to get out of it too quickly and learn. James lays it out. He says, my brethren, count in all joy. Every trial, every circumstance, everything you go through, he says, count it. Amen. In other words, Strengthen yourself with it and see what God is doing in it. Be excited about it. Rejoice in the Lord, Paul says, always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made on unto God. And the peace of God, which passive all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. So count it joy. Pastor, you mean I'm supposed to get excited when I'm going through things? Yeah. Get a Holy Ghost jig going on. Amen. Because God is quickening. God is strengthening you. Notice what the writer in Hebrews 12 says here. Notice, notice what the writer of Hebrews 12, you know, he, he comes out of the faith chapter and then he starts the 12th chapter of Hebrews. He says, wherefore sin we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and doeth the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners, where against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your own mind. You have not yet resist unto blood, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speak to you as to children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, 
nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourge every son whom he receiveth. And if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof also of all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be takers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Amen. Notice, he says, when you're going through things, amen, see it as God correcting you, seeing as God preparing you, seeing as God is helping you to bring about righteousness in your life. He says, when you're getting spanked by your dad in the natural, he says, this is not pleasant. Amen. But it brings about some change that you need to change to bring about righteousness. See, so when we're going through things, we've got to learn how to deal with it and know that God is bringing things for our good. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 17 through 18, Paul says, Our light afflictions are only but a moment, but they are working in us a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. He said, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. So what we're going through, what we are facing, we can deal with it. We can handle it if we prepare. We've got to prepare ourselves and not let ourselves give up. Amen. We've got to move on. What did I say in Hebrews 6? Let's go on to perfection. Let's go on to completion. Let's go on to maturity. You've got to be mature. Amen. I've never in my life seen so many immature Christians. They're still kids. They act like kids. They're small brats. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I act like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. See? We, we are in Christ, and he expects us to mature. He expects us to stop complaining and murmuring and bickering about everything and to let our light shine because he's in us. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. He says, but if the salt has lost his savor, where will, shall he be salted? He's good for nothing to be cast out and let men walk all over him. I guess that's why the world walk over so many Christians, you know. They're, they're not allowing themselves to, to grow. They're not allowing themselves to mature. Amen. The psalmist says in Psalm 77, verse 3, I complained and was overwhelmed. See, we, we, we've got to grow. We've got to, we can get through this thing. Every trial. You've got all the promises of God. You know, when the children of Israel came to the Red Sea, 
They was all afraid God, Moses, go to God. God says, what are you crying to me for? He says, go forth. That's all you've got to do is keep progressing. Paul says, brother, I count my, not myself to apprehend. He says, I forget those things. You know, all the things Paul went through. You know, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 29, Paul listed all the trials. Look, look at it. Let's look at it real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting verse 24. I used to know how to quote this by heart, but I'm getting old. <laughs> Praise God. Notice what Paul says. Of the Jews, five times received thy forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. And journeying often. And perils or dangers of water. And perils of robbers. And perils by my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness, and painfulness, and watching often, and hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, and cold, and naked beside those things that are without that which come upon me daily, the care of all the church. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concerning my infirmities. And then in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he says, But none of these things moved me, neither counted I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with what? Joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of grace of God. Paul says, I went through all that and none of it moved me. Amen. That's a man that's prepared. That's a man that has plied himself and got ready before the trials came. When you look at Acts 14, they stoned Paul, took him to the end of the city, dropped him down there and left him for dead. Paul gets up, he goes to Lystra, and turn around, him and Silas come right back to the same city and preach Christ again. Amen. Most people, would you'd have got your head rocked like that with some rocks. Amen. Stones, you'd have probably been... You know, let me go to the doctor. Let me get away. But no, I'm not going back there. But notice what Paul did. He went right back to the same spot. Amen. Nothing moved him. Amen. He was, you see, Paul says, I'm ready to die for Jesus. He, he had his mind made up. As David said, my heart is fixed, O oh God. My heart is fixed. I will rise and I will give praise. Amen. We need to prepare ourselves. Amen. We're no longer children. We are the children of God. But now we're sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Amen. We are to be strong. We are to be steadfast. We are to be unmovable. Amen. We want to move forward. We can handle these trials that comes to us. Anytime a trial or affliction comes, now notice what James says, count it all joy. And then the next thing he says, knowing, knowing, you've got to know. See, you, you've got to know. 
you got to know where the trial is coming from. What is it? What are you going through? Stop and ask yourself these kind of questions. You know, know what it is, what you're dealing with. You know, sometimes God gives us challenges to develop us. See, when I've got a problem, I've got to use the problem-solving techniques in order to bring the conclusion to the answer. I got to recognize the problem. I got to get information about the problem. I got to set courses of action. I've got to select the best courses of action. I've got to implement the best course of action. I got to follow up on the course of action. Amen. To see if it works. And if it works, I learned something in the process. See? That's just like I, I think I told the church once before. You know, when we first brought our house, they, we had these little toilets in it. And every time somebody used the bathroom and was in there too long, it got clogged up. You know, how embarrassing to have to go out and ask for a plunger as you're visiting somebody's house. That's embarrassing. Not only embarrassing to the, the company, but it's embarrassing to you. So my daughter says, Dad, she says, I saw online Home Depot have some toilets that are supposed to flush a whole bucket of golf balls. I did my research. I started checking it out, pull them up, looked at them, see how they work. And the guy says, yep, these are the best toilets there is. So what did I do? I went to Home Depot. I brought one for every room in the house, you know, place where we have toilets in the house, you know. And I took them. I learned how to take them apart, you know, by watching the YouTube. I, I sat there and watched how the guy took it apart, told me what to do, what I needed. Save myself all kinds of money. Because a plumber comes into your house, his hourly wage is $100 to start with. So you can figure, I got four toilets in my house. So to change four toilets, he's going to take at least an hour on each one of them. Plus, I'm going to have to pay him for the toilets and everything and every other part and his hourly wage and all kinds of stuff. And if he hit a snag in somewhere that he's got to stay longer, who's going to pay for it? I am. So I got on the tube and found out how to take them up, how to take them out, how to dispose of them, and everything. You know, and I went and got four, and I changed them out. Now I don't have that problem. See? And when I got ready to get rid of them, I called the lady out at the reef, uh, po place, and she says, bring them out here, you know. And first she told me, she says, the truck load, she said, put your, fill your truck up with stuff because it's going to cost you $25 to get rid of them, you know. So fill your truck up with junk you want to get rid of, you know. I got out there, and I, I couldn't find enough stuff to get rid of, you know. But I get out there, and she looks at it, and she says, is that all you got? See, so yeah, she says, oh, just go ahead and put it back there, you know. You get some knowledge. What you're going through. Learn. See? So James says, knowing this. Knowing this what? That the trial of your faith is what? Work patience. See? We have to develop patience in our trials. 
That's why Jesus says in Luke chapter 21, verse 19, he says, in your patience, possess you your soul. See, you've got to learn how to wait upon God. That's why Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. You want to soar. You want to learn how to wait on God. Let Him work. Amen. Now notice what James goes on. He's talking about this patience thing. Now, Now where did He come from? Paul tells us back in Romans 5. You know, he says, tribulations... Work at patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope. Romans chapter five, you there with me? Chapter verse three through five. Notice he says, in tribulation work patience and patience men and hope. Make us not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. You've got power. God is a God of wisdom. God is a God of knowledge. See, so James says, if you like wisdom, he says, let him ask God, who give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask how? In faith, not wavering. That's why the writer of Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See? So even in our trials, even in our circumstances, even in our tribulations, we're supposed to be patient. We're supposed to get knowledge out of it and how to use it for our good and for our glory. See, if the outward man perish, Paul says, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light afflictions, they're only for a moment. The trials can't kill you. God is with you. God is inside of you. God is walking with you. And so James says, if you like wisdom about the thing you're going through, he says, ask God. He give it liberally. If you don't understand it, you need to get wisdom. You need to ask God. God, show me what I'm going through. Show me what I'm facing. How should I deal with this thing? Amen. Paul, Peter tells you, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he careth for you. What did Jesus say in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30? Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burdens is light. When he told Jeremiah, stand ye. And ask, where is the good old way? Where is the good path? And walk therein, and you'll find rest to yourself. But what did they say? They ain't walking that way. You, know, you wonder why you got problems. God don't have a problem with get you back on track. That's the prodigal son. <laughs> He'll let you go eat with the hogs for a while. 
you know, until you come to yourself and realize this ain't where I'm supposed to be. You'll you realize what's at your dad's house real quick. You know? So we, we have to realize, amen, that these trials are going to come, but we can endure it. We can handle it. You know, there's no temptation, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 12 to 13. He said, there's no temptation that has taken you, but such is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation make a way of escape. And that way of escape is the word of God. That escape is to go to him. It's his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. He will show you the way. The steps of a good man is the order of the Lord. And he delights in his way. What did Micah say in Micah 7, 8? Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light about me. Say. We, we, those scriptures is, is we got to prepare. We, they're trying to help us get ready here for what's coming. This is not going to be a cakewalk all the time. Sometimes you got to fight the enemy. You know, when I was, my years in the army, you know, I never forgot every day that I wore the uniform that I might get called to go to war to fight an enemy. Yeah, I had a lot of fun when I was in garrison back here in the big PX, you know, back here in America. You know, I had fun. But when they call and say, your unit or your squad is on alert and 18 hours, you need to be ready should the president give any orders, you know, your mind thinks a whole different mindset, you know. And so you better be ready. I mean, you have your stuff. You're in that room and you've got your stuff and you, everything you're supposed to have, amen, is there. Your clothes, your food, your ammo, all that stuff, your water, everything you need to go, you better have it ready. And when they come through and inspect, you better make sure you got everything right. You don't be, you don't be half stepping. <coughs> Excuse me. Because not only is your life at stake, your men, the others around you, lives are at stake. So you have to prepare. You have to be ready. Amen. Praise God. Look at Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. My, where did time fly? Job chapter 1. We know the story of Job. Even James talks about Job. He said, you know, you, you, you see how patient Job was and all that, you know. So we have to look. You know, there's a lot of things about Job. You, you know, you can read the story, the book of Job. I, I try to read at least two or three times every year, you know, to gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the things that Job went through. You know, it also teach you how to what friends to choose, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, there's there's so much good stuff in in the book of Job for the children of God and and what we're going to face. That's why the story is here. You know, we got an enemy, Satan. You know, if if you ever read Job, you notice, you know, Satan is the one that comes, uh, you know, and and come after him. 
But God had faith in Job's abilities. You know, God even asked Satan, have you considered, where you been, Satan? Oh, I've been walking through the border. Have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in all the earth? An upright man which avoid evil, eschew evil, and doing good? Satan said, well, you don't fear for nothing, you know. He's serving you because you've been good to him. You take the hedge away from him and see what happens. That's okay, he's in your hand. Just don't take his life. You know, Satan was trying to make him break. You know, that's, that's, you know, if the trial is being done by Satan, you know, just think God is, it has you in his hand and he, he can trust you. Now, that's why Peter says, now make sure, you know what Peter says in 1 Peter 4? He said, you make sure that what you're suffering is not your own doing. <laughs> you know, he says, if, if it's for Christ, happy. He said, but don't you suffer because you're making foolish mistakes and, and, and running off at the mouth in somebody else's business and stuff. You know, he, he said, you need to have some wisdom here about this thing. Now look at Job. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and is through evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also were 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yokes of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their house, and every one his day, and sent and called to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sacrificed, uh, sanctified, excuse me, them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continue. Notice, he's preparing his children. He's preparing himself. You know, he wants them to be right with God. Amen. He said, man, my kids might be cursing God. I better intercede on behalf of You know, as parents, that's what we have to do. You know, we have to intercede for our children and grandchildren. Amen. That God would keep his loving kindness and hand of protection over them, you know, to look out for them and all things and keep them close. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my family all the time. Amen. Every day I I, I do not let none of them's name go without calling before God. Amen. And I want them to know that. Praise God. And it was so when the days of the feast in here, amen, that Job did this continue. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence camest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fear God and is true evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, The Job feared God for naught. Has not thou made an hedge about him and, and about his house and about all that thou hast on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hand and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. Only upon him put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and daughters was eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and says, The oxen was plying and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them all away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters was eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smoked the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. But I only am escaped to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord have taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Amen. Look at that. Amen. He just... They Look at the trouble that came to him. Job, I was in the field, man. Your camels, guys come kill their buddy, took them. Sheep, has gone. Donkeys, oxen, they're gone. Your kids is dead, Job. Notice what he's saying. For one could finish talking, the other one came. How can you handle that kind of, you know, bad news? But it starts back from the beginning. He was upright and feared God. He woke up every morning and sacrificed. Amen. He got up every morning and prayed. He got up every morning, amen, and sought God. Because Job says, amen, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I need to be ready. That's why when you look at chapter 3, verse 25 and 26 of Job, Job puts it this way. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, and yet trouble came. Amen. He knew. That's why he was sacrificing in advance. That something evil could happen to his stuff, to his family. Amen. And we need to have the same attitude and the same outlook and prepare. Amen. Just because we got it going on right now don't mean it's going to last. Amen. A lot of people has been woke up right now in this pandemic to realize the stuff they had. It ain't doing them any good. Amen. We need to prepare our relationship with God. That's why Job could hit the ground and worship God and not charge God foolishly for what he's going through. He had already anticipated. Amen. I do the same thing. I anticipate, amen, that one day my wife might die, my kids might die before me. I anticipate. Amen, those kind of things. That's why I keep my relationship with God, so that if it happens on my watch, I'm not shaken. <clears throat> we got to prepare. <clears throat> we know it's coming. 
ain't nobody going to heaven with that unless Jesus just erects us all out of here in one chance. But if he don't do it like he did Elijah and the other guy, guess what? We all go on the same way he went. So we prepared. Can you handle it? Are you ready? See, those are things you need to talk about with your family and prepare yourself. See, and because what you do is to keep that relationship with God. Because the Bible tells me, presence, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord is the dead of his saints. You know, so if my wife beat me out of here, I'm going to have a party. Because I want her to be there. You know, I don't want to get there and realize she's down here and may not get there. If she go before me, I got a good chance. <laughs> Amen. So we have to prepare ourselves. Amen. Praise God. So this month, we're going to be talking about how to handle these afflictions that are going to come. And you're going to realize how you should be living and conducting yourself so that you, you'll find, you know, afflictions, some of them is designed to just help you develop, you know, in your life and in your walk with God. Amen. Praise God. Father, we exalt you. Jesus, I thank you again today, God, for your goodness. I thank you for your word and your kindness, O oh God, and your long-suffering towards us, God. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you have given us examples in your word and through your word, O oh God, with wisdom and knowledge and understanding to help us grow, God, that we can prepare ourselves, O oh God, for the things that will come against us, O oh God, to be ready, O oh Lord, to follow your example, O oh God, and to not waver, Lord God, but we continue, Lord, to press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you again this day, Lord, and for your love that you show for us day by day, Jesus. You are God, and you are God alone, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I praise you. I magnify you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Lord. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. I want to love you more. I want to love you more. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you.
is theme, and all my life is knowing you. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. God, I want to thank you for your revelation of truth tonight. I want to thank you for the words of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, O oh God. Let it be hidden in my heart, God, each and every day. Protect my family. Protect your church, God. I pray for those, God, that's been diagnosed with this virus. I pray that your perfect will be accomplished, O oh God. You are the miraculous healer. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer, O oh God. And I'm asking you to touch our evangelists, our pastors, our pastors' families, our pastors' children, our saints, oh God, each and every one of them and their families, oh God, today. Continue to touch, Lord, and strengthen them in every way, God, and show them, Lord, your way that they can endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We thank you again this day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Don't forget, Sundays.